Hello and welcome to your Active's AgriFood Brief. I'm Gerardo Fortuna. And I'm Natasha Fit. And here's your weekly update on all things agriculture and food in the EU from your Active's AgriFood team. Our top story of the week. In an unprecedented move, a group of German Green MPs, including one EU lawmaker, have backed the use of gene editing technologies in a new paper, diverging from the party's general position and saying that genetic engineering could play a key role in improving sustainability. The paper, which was published last week, calls for a modern approach to regulation of genetic engineering. In general, the Greens, as well as most environmental groups, have been vocally opposed to the use of genetic engineering technologies. This paper is the first time that there has been such a dissenting position from within the party, although support for genome editing has been growing in recent years, notably amongst the younger Greens. The paper states that gene editing technology could have an important role to play in improving sustainability, highlighting that it offers opportunities for a healthy planet and thus for the good of people and the environment. However, in response to the paper, Martin Hausling, the agriculture spokesman for the Greens in the European Parliament, and Harold Ebner, their spokesman for genetic engineering and bioeconomy policy, published a separate statement to reinforce the Greens' original position, stressing that the paper can in no way speak of a rethink of the position of the Greens. In other news, this week Euractiv took a closer look at the role that bars, cafes and restaurants will be playing in the process of reconnecting European citizens socially after the coronavirus pandemic. Europe's hospitality sector, which mainly consists of small and medium-sized companies, has been badly hit by the lockdown measures imposed during the pandemic. For most EU countries, the tourism season has restarted this week with the opening of the borders and the hospitality sector is set to play a key role. To learn more about this, be sure to check out your active special report. The European Food Safety Authority has published its latest scientific opinion on the welfare of pigs at slaughter, which found that the majority of welfare hazards identified were due in large part to staff failings. The opinion is the latest in a series of updated assessments on animal welfare at slaughter, following similar opinions on poultry and rabbits, and these were carried out at the behest of the European Commission. The report identified a total of 30 welfare hazards most commonly associated with the slaughter of pigs for food production. These ranged from heat stress, thirst, prolonged hunger and respiratory distress. However, as with previous opinions on poultry, the report found that the majority of these hazards, 29 out of the 30 identified, were found to be a consequence of staff failings due to factors such as lack of training and fatigue. The report concluded that there are a number of preventative and corrective measures that can be put in place which will significantly reduce the risk of such hazards occurring. In other news, we want to see your promises written down on paper. That's what the MEPs in the European Parliament's Agriculture Committee told EU farming boss Janusz Wojciechowski after a meeting they had last week. You might remember uh, we spoke about this COVID-19 wine package in our podcast number 21. The Comagri, that's how the European Parliament's Agriculture Committee is known in the EU bubble, rejected a section of this aid package proposed by the Commission for fruit and vegetable producers as it was not ambitious enough to cope with the disruption caused by the pandemic in the wine sector. So they had this meeting with Wojciechowski to explain their views, but also to put forward uh, some requests. One of these, and that's the one that actually we covered in an article that you'll find on your active, consists in setting up a high-level group to discuss the post-COVID-19 wine sector. 
and quite interesting to re-establish trust and dialogue between the Commission, the European Parliament and the sector itself. And it seems that MEPs got something because after the meeting, uh, some of them released encouraging declarations about the promise of additional measures heard from the Commission side. However, the Comagri chair, Norbert Linz, asked in a letter to the Commission for a swift and satisfactory written confirmation of the actions that the Commission intends to take in order to withdraw the motion definitely. It's not that we don't trust you, but you never know. That could be a good summary of the Parliament's approach. Uh, Just to recall again, if the MEPs in the Comagri won't leave their veto, and the motion goes to the plenary, and the Parliament reject the delegated act by an absolute majority of its component members, the EU executive will be forced to withdraw its initial proposal and table a new one. And last news from the Parliament, uh, the chair of the Environment Committee, the MV, Pascal Canfin, communicated to his counterpart in the Comagri, so German MEP and Norbert Linz, that uh, MV had decided against working jointly on the strategic plant regulations. This is a very important piece of legislation in the common agricultural policy because it contains the provisions on the new CAP delivery model including those that are intended to raise the EU's level of ambition on the environment and climate objectives in the farming sector. And and this decision to withdraw the MV shadow rapporteurs uh, from the talks was taken by the committee's group coordinators, who considered the gap with Comagri as unbridgeable, particularly on the articles related to the so-called green architecture of the common agricultural policy. So according to the MB coordinators, uh, compromise amendments on the common agricultural policy uh, ahead of the final vote in European Parliament's plenary should be agreed by political groups, regardless of which committee uh, they are on. Um, So the showdown on the post-2020 CAP reform is expected to reach the plenary after the summer break, but this decision could slow down the process uh, further. And and it's not the first time that the two committees have clashed. For instance, uh, when the Comagri gave the green light to Janusz Wojciechowski as agricultural commissioner, uh, the MV coordinators, all MV coordinators, voted against the Polish However, MV offered an olive branch agreeing to share competence on the farm to fork strategy, the new EU food policy with Comagri. Anyway, MEPs in Comagri expressed surprise and concern over the MV decision and lent their support for continuing negotiations on uh, common agricultural policy. And now for the quote of the week, let's hear more on animal welfare from Health and Food Safety Commissioner Stella Kiriakides. Animal welfare is an essential part of that strategy. It's a vision that can lead us to sustainable livestock production and to a much needed change of our current farming system. I believe that uh, Proper reform of the animal welfare legislation, as I have said before, will support this goal. 
It will bring about positive change, both in accordance to ethical values, as well as in respecting all the citizens' calls. Now for the agri-food news from the capitals this week, starting with Croatia, where more than 50 million bees have been found poisoned in a northern county which borders Hungary this week. Croatia has declared this a natural disaster, and veterinary experts and forensic scientists are currently looking into what has caused the deaths. Farming organisations from across the EU have joined forces with the UK National Farmers Union in its call for an urgent breakthrough in trade talks in order to establish a UK-EU free trade agreement after Brexit. And there's more on this story and the Croatian story on the agri-food brief, so be sure to check that out if you want more information. In Germany, the Agriculture Minister Julia Klockner has come under fire this week from the German Ethics Council over her views on animal welfare. Back in June, Klockner attempted to pass a draft bill that would have allowed farmers to continue keeping pigs in small metal cages for the foreseeable future, despite rulings that mandate improving animal treatment in agriculture and slaughterhouses. However, the bill did not pass after states with Greens in the government refused to agree to the compromise. In Austria, the recently announced stimulus plan includes significant relief for Austrian farmers. Agriculture Minister Elisabeth Kostinger said this week that with €400 million in tax relief for agriculture and investments in sustainable and climate-friendly forestry, they are launching one of the largest packages of measures in recent years for the agricultural sector. Let's move to France, where the proposals on generational renewal in the agricultural sector of the Conseil économique social have been the subject of debate within the agricultural unions with opinions differing on how to promote the farming profession. The Fédération Nationale des Syndicats d'Exploitants Agricoles and the Young Farmers questioned the idea of extending the young farmers' allocation to 50 years of age, which would risk diluting the amount of aid for young farmers. But the Confederation Paysanne supports the idea of extending the help to include those that are older and want to enter the profession. The Irish Farmers Association's grand chairpersons, Mark Brown, released a statement describing the effect of drought on crops. Brown commented that recent rains have been too little too late for many crops and how many growers will have significant yield reductions while in other situations entire crops are a write-off. He said that the situation is particularly critical right up through the Midlands and into the East and Northeast where growers in some cases have practically closed the gates on crops which may not be worth harvesting. Despite rainfall in recent days Agricultural drought in Poland continues to exist in 9 out of 16 regions. This affects food prices, which in May were 6.5% higher than in the corresponding period of 2019, according to the Central Statistical Office data. Uh, Fruits are up to 27% more expensive, too. The Ministry of Agriculture plans to retain 30% of rainwater in the coming years, as in Spain and currently Poland retains around 6%. And lastly, meat production slumped in Italy in the midst of the Covid crisis. The latest data from the Bloch Statistic Office 
Eurostat showed. In March, Italian slaughterhouses decreased their production volume by 41.5% for beef, by 24% for pork meat, and by 11% for veal, compared to the same period in the previous year. On our radar this week. This week, the College of Commissioners has appointed a new Deputy Director General for Health at Digisante. The position will be filled by Sandra Galina, who was previously with Digi Trade, and she will replace Martin Seychelles, who will move to the Digi for International Cooperation and Development. Upcoming events this week include, on the 18th of June, the FAO will hold an online event on mainstreaming biodiversity and sustainable use of natural resources across the agricultural sector. The webinar is part of the FAO's Brussels Dialogues, designed to share the FAO's expertise with the relevant EU stakeholders. On the 22nd of June, there is a ComAgri committee meeting of the European Parliament concerning the biodiversity strategy for 2030. This will include a debate with the EU Commissioner for Environment, Ocean and Sea, Virginia Sienkiewicz, and will give the opportunity to receive more information about how the future of the CAP could counteract declining biodiversity on farmland. On the 23rd of June, Euractiv is holding a virtual conference focused on the role of nutrients in the farm-to-fork strategy, exploring what measures can be taken in upstream farming in order to address food security, and taking a look at the innovative tools at farmers' disposal to increase production, ensuring maximum efficiency from the land that they farm. This week, the AgriFood podcast is produced by Euractiv's AgriFood team, Gerardo Fortuna and Natasha Food, with the technical support of Evi Chiorni. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss the latest agricultural news from the EU. I'm Gerardo Fortuna, thanks for listening and see you next week. Mm-hmm.